when I was working in the different companies that, that I have been working, most of the people is not from London, not even from the UK. Most of the people is from Spain, Italy, France, Germany. And then of course, from many other places. But it's all this group of people is like, the, when, when you see someone that is coming from Spain or from Italy or from all the other places, it's like, they are these people that they made a change in their life because they devote themselves to that craft enough to change their lives to go there. That is a huge respect that I have for that. My guest today is Victor Perez, a director, visual effects supervisor and compositor working at Double Negative, Cinecide, Union VFX and many more on films like Harry Potter, The Dark Knight Rises and Pirates of the Caribbean. Together, we talk about the challenges of working abroad, language barriers, and how to become a successful visual effects artist against all odds. You are listening to The 21 Artist Show, a podcast that inspires creatives to make meaningful content to pursue their passions. I'm talking with creators, artists, and engineers about their careers, lessons they have learned, and how to make an impact. I'm your host, Alexander Richter. I'm a technical director and coach in visual effects, animation, and games. For more content, go to 21artistshow.com. Enjoy the show. It's great to have you on the show, Victor. Thank you. It's my pleasure. My first question would be a little bit in the sense of, did you always want to become an artist? I think... I didn't decide to be an artist because to be honest, when I was a child, I wanted to be an astronaut, a detective, um, <laughs> you know, many, many things, but I never wanted to be an artist. But I remember since I was a child, my, my teachers were telling me, oh my, you are, you, are, you are an artist, you are an artist, you are an actor, because I was always just doing things, I'm playing in theater, um, you know, I, I always liked the, the telling stories. So in a way or another, even if I wanted to be even a, a teacher of literature uh, for, for a time, even when I was like something like 14, 15, I wanted to teach literature. But it was, it was impossible to avoid not to be an artist because from the very, very beginning, I was just using my toys. Um, um, I mean, my, my brother, is a photographer because this this just has a, a like a, a big picture. It's my brother is a photographer. He's a, a 15 years older than me. Um, when I was a child, I was something like six or seven, and he started learning photography. Um, he was working with my dad to pay for the gear. So while he was uh, working in other things, he was crazy enough to leave me the cameras to play with. And I mean, seriously, I mean, in that time I didn't realize, but now it's like, I will never leave my camera to my, even to my son. So it's like, no way. <laughs> but he was telling me, and the first, the very, very first thing that he told me is uh, stop motion animation. So I was taking my transformers, I'm doing uh, animations with them, I'm playing. And then he got a computer, one of the very first computers. We, we are talking about the 80s. So processing images in the 80s was, I mean, Photoshop didn't exist yet. So I, I was using then scanning and then, you know, removing the rigs just to make them look like they are in mid-air. I was doing many things. And after a few, a few months doing that, I was even bringing 
my friends to help me to tell <laughs> to tell more stories using their transformers. So it was like a for me it was a game, and I was always playing with that and making it. I mean, seriously, it took me something like a week to create something like 30 seconds of animation of my of my toys with my friends and we organized even with the TV of my of my parents in, <laughs> in the living room we organized like a cinema projection for the other friends to come so it was like an event so it was in my blood i guess just to get into the cinema business because it, it was i was doing cinema from the very 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 beginning and i consider myself very lucky because i I'm still with the same spirit of those days. I'm playing and people pay me for playing, which is very convenient, by the way. But it's the same spirit. I'm just playing and trying new things and trying to tell stories in a new way, sometimes behind the camera, sometimes uh, writing, sometimes. It's telling stories. I'm always interested in telling stories. I believe from the very, very beginning of humankind, that was the purpose. I mean, the very first thing that we know from humankind is that we were painting in the caverns just to explain like, oh, we were hunting and then we got a, 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 a big animal. and we So everything about human beings is about telling stories. So I'm not surprised with the pandemic and all of that, that we are going back to enjoying stories a little bit more. So yeah, that, that was the, the, the very beginning of my of my career. So I started with six years, six years old. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your beginning of your paid career when you got actually paid for art, for example? Yeah, that, that was a, a, a fun one because um, I started using Photoshop uh, from version 1.5, I believe. Uh, that was the first version for Windows because the first one was released for, for Mac, I guess. But I remember a friend that was a, an older friend than, than, than me told me, oh, look what you can do with the computer. Look, this software is Photoshop. And I started doing, doing that. Um, my brother got Photoshop and I was playing with that. And one day I just decided to go to print one of my masterpieces that I created, that was a very silly thing, just putting images together. And I went to a, to a, a digital printer uh, shop and I said, hey, I, I, I would like to, to print this. And I was like, oh, this is a very nice thing. Who did this? And he's like, I did it. <laughs> you are telling me that you are doing this, this kind of things. I was something like 15 on the, on the time. And uh, as, as I said, it was very, very strange to see someone doing image manipulation in that time. So he asked me, that guy asked me, hey, how you did that? And I said, well, I was using this and then this and then that and that. So I explained, actually, uh, I did the, the breakdown of what I, how I create that composition. And the guy was like, holy shit. So are you doing something in the afternoon after school? And he's like, no, I can come here. So it was very nice because uh, I was spending a lot of time uh, using, I mean, I was very familiar with pho photography. Uh, and then I was familiar with computers because I started with the Spectrum. I mean, like many, many other people from my generation. So computers are like in my DNA. So I was used to photography, computers, and then I was learning Photoshop. And the people that was working on that studio I mean, they were more traditional in terms of the uh, graphic design. So I was 
teaching them how to use Photoshop. And I was something like 15 to people that was already in their late 20s. So I was feeling very proud. And of course, I was getting paid as well. Something like 100 euros a month or something like that. Hey, that's a lot of money for, for a 15-year-old. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I was the king. I was like, oh my God, I'm so rich. So, so, so yeah, I was feeling... Uh, it wasn't about the money that, of course, it was nice, but it was the... The privilege of being working in a studio, I wasn't officially working because I wasn't taking commissions. I, were, I, I was an, an apprentice, but it is really nice to be in a professional environment and also feeling uh, like a value for the studio because I actually was helping the studio to grow. Um, that teach me so many things in the very early days of my career uh, about uh, being a professional artist because it's not about compositing or whatever, but the professionalism, uh, things as simple as how do you have to behave in a workplace or uh, working with other artists, respect other, other people in terms of professional respect and all of that. So I got so many mistakes. I was, I mean, but really, really bad ones, but I'm very happy because that happens in, in my very early years. So it, it is normal. I mean, now, with at my age, that I'm still very young, of course, but at my age, uh, having this kind of mistakes is heavy. I mean, that is what I believe is my value. The, my clients pay me for the amount of mistakes that I did in, past, in the past. So I'm now an expert of mistakes. That guarantees <laughs> that I'm not going to make or I'm going to try not to make the same mistakes again. I'm going to do new, but that is what is about experience. It's just making more mistakes than the new one. I just imagine your negotiations. So you basically, uh, every time you have a client, you have like a list. So <laughs> these are all the mistakes that I could potentially do. Yeah, yeah. So every time you pay me more, I will check one of the mistakes off. Exactly. exactly. I mean, in a way, that's also like the best negotiation tactic is basically you pay for quality and yep. you pay for less iterations. Yeah. That's the, the difference between an amateur and a senior is not just the execution, because the execution, a lot of people, especially with the nowadays, with all this knowledge and YouTube and masterclasses out there, there are juniors out there who basically could be on a on a senior level in terms of like skill you know they can produce the image basically yeah. for example in your case like compositing um but the mistakes and the whole structure the timeline and all this basic stuff that you only can get through experience that's something that is the most valuable thing and i think also a little bit as you mentioned kind of forgotten maybe today because everyone is kind of so so eager now now everyone wants to become um like on the biggest project tomorrow first gig star wars um and <laughs> uh, something like that that's the thing no that's that's the thing and um and it, the possibilities i think are there through the whole knowledge base that we couldn't have at our times um but it also creates this weird mix of the quality drops because you can do the quality but not for two hours kind yeah. of thing you know so yeah. i think that's that's an interesting point and i believe also the way that that you started and also i start um is we go a little bit deeper 
into the stuff because we we were part of the parts of the beginning time at times you know we 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 know how it was without all these buttons and all yeah. these functionalities you know when you literally had to to pre to, to couldn't use the mouse for specific things or something like that um i think that also helped a lot um to shape this um deeper basic knowledge not the, not just this the surface knowledge where you you know like okay if i have this problem i press this button yeah you know uh, so and and that's something I, I kind of find interesting so when was it when that when you had your first actual film gig when you started to work on on movies we can skip a few years or i can tell you the <laughs> full story but the full story is i started working as an actor so my first experience with, with cinema was in front of the camera. And I was working, uh, I remember I was working with Antonio Banderas. He was his second film as director. It's called Summer Rain. And I was working there as an actor um, in, in Spain. That, for me, was, was a, a turning point. Because when I, when I started working in, in, in visuals, I wasn't much interested in, in becoming a visual effects artist or something like that. I like photography, I like, but I was more interested in cinematography or other crafts. But when I started seeing uh, to be in front of the camera is when I started to feel the deep respect for art actors. It is something really, really difficult. It, it seems like easy. I was an actor for many years for theater um, but working in front of a camera is something very, very different. And I was working with, with Antonio, with the director of photography, and, and it was very nice to understand how important is the point of view. And I was like hooked to this thing of the camera telling the story. So I knew the, ca the camera because it was like, but I didn't realize the power of the point of view of the director. So it wasn't there when I started to, to feel like I can not only shoot reality, but I can modify reality. So I can just make whatever, whatever exists or whatever doesn't exist. And then I started that, that journey into telling whatever is not possible to be told without visual effects until getting to the, you know, to study compositing, formally compositing, that I studied with Steve Wright. Um, I moved to to, uh, to US to study with him. Um, that, by the way, when I started studying with Steve Wright, I had no clue who Steve Wright was. I was just lucky to find his course. And then, after the course, I realized he was the best teacher of compositing ever existed because I, he still is. So uh, I was just very lucky because I was learning so much and it was like putting together many pieces of the puzzle that I was that I was having already in my in, in my process. I, I studied cinematography. Uh, I studied cinematography with uh, Vittorio Storaro, three Academy Award winner uh, for Apocalypse Now, for instance. And I, I studied direction, I studied many things, but this ability of having the visual effects as a part to storytelling, that was the, the turning point. So in, in there, I decided, I remember very, very, very clear. I'm, and this is, I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny, but I remember one day I said, okay, I got it. 
I finished my studies, almost finished my studies in, uh, in cinematography. And I said, okay, I think I'm going to move to London because there is where the big films are done and I want to work in big films. I want to, I want to put my, my knowledge at the maximum stretch. So I'm going, to, I'm going to do the highest quality that I can. And when I, when I decide that, I swear, I'm not kidding, and there is a friend that can verify these facts, is I say, okay, we are going to move together. My, my, my friend is Valerio. He, he's also a compositor, by the way. Um, and he said, we are going to move together to London. Okay, when? Well, I don't know. Maybe, well, soon. I don't know. Well, that night, that night was the night of the earthquake. The earthquake that I lose everything. That, I mean, this story, many people know about my story that I lost everything in, in a earthquake that happens in, in Italy, in L'Aquila, in 2009, the 6th of April. Um, I, I, I literally remain uh, without anything uh, because the house implodes uh, right after me and my wife get out. Um, I just remain with my pajamas and my underwear, not even shoes. So in that moment, that everything literally was collapsing around, around my places and it was like a, the apocalypse. I just realized, okay, now I have nothing to lose. So I have to go to London. So after a few months, I got lucky enough to have very good friends to, to, to send me money, literally, just to send me to, to, to London because they say, okay, we, we, we believe in your talent. We want you to go there because in there is where you are going just to, to put together uh, the artist that is within. And less than five months after that earthquake, I moved to London. Um, I started just climbing in there. It was like, I mean, it's a kid in a candy shop. I was having everything, all the resources, learning from people and learning more from, from my, my, my heroes and going to work with the companies that I was always dreaming. So it was like, boom, 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 going up. And I started my first film. I think it was in London. I think it was 127 Hours by Danny Boyle. Um, we were a team. It was actually the, the, uh, one of the first films of, of Union VFX, if not the first one of the formal Union VFX. Because I remember when I moved to, uh, I mean, I was the, the very first artist of the company. When I arrived there, uh, my desk was still in the box of IKEA. So the first task I have as an artist was to mount my desk, seriously. And I have very good memories of that time. Uh, Tim Kaplan and Adam Gascoigne, they, they were like my mentors. I loved them because they, they helped me develop as an, art, as an artist. They give me the space, the respect. They, they entitled me just to have my opinion, just to express, to help, to collaborate. So I was in a very fertile terrain to grow. And, and I start bringing my friends because the, the studio needs more artists. And I say, hey, I have a friend from, from here. We studied together and we have another friend. So we completed the film, nine friends, nine friends, 500 and something shots and, and in five months. And we were working as the highest professionals in the world because we, we were taking that very serious. Um, I was very surprised 
to to understand how the you don't need big resources or big you can just you need big people big people in terms of of artists um, and human beings and that was my first experience so when I in less than a year from the from the earthquake I delivered the first film and it was a, a, a complete success I I can confess that I I've never watched that film 127 hours I couldn't because when I started watching it, I was with, with Danny Boyle sitting next to me in a screening room in Soho. It was one of the first uh, editing that, that was shown. And I remember in the famous sequence that the, the, the main character is based on a, on a true story about uh, someone that cut off the arm just to escape from, I mean, a very gruesome story. But when I was watching that scene, I was feeling sick, but seriously sick. I was going to throw out. I mean, I was green, and in the middle of the scene, I just rise and I left the room, next sitting to next to the, an Academy Award producer, an Academy Award director, an Academy Award editor, and I was like, I cannot stand this, and I left, and I was sitting outside, and I was feeling very sick, and and a friend came out and he's like, Are you okay? I said, no, I'm not okay. I'm feeling very sick of seeing all the blood. And I was like, man, but we did those scenes. So you are very used to that. But at that point, I was so immersed in what I was seeing that for me, it wasn't work anymore. It was like a story. If I was able to do that, I was completely wow. Because it's, it's, it's like... I forgot about the work. I forgot about everything. And I was watching the story. It means that story works. And I was very proud of that. And I still today, I haven't seen that movie because I can't. It's just, I'm not used to those experiences. So, so that was my first experience. After that, pff, I, it was even better, getting better. So it was like Harry Potter, um, The Dark Knight Rises, um, pff, Rogue One, and, and higher and higher. And that's the career. I mean, that is, at the end, it's just, you, can, you cannot do better. You can do more. I mean, better. Every time you do, you are doing better. But you do more. Nothing is as special as the first one. That team with nine people in that room, mounting or, or desks in a company that was completely unknown on that time. And right now, Union VFX is a very respected company and I love them so much. It's, it's so magical. So that is, for me, those memories of that team is something that I'm dreaming now because even now that I'm used to work with big teams and big movies, and I'm missing that familiar environment. Yeah, it's kind of this uh, Silicon Valley uh, moments where you basically start up, you know, like you just like start to unpack just just improvise you do whatever it, it's necessary you know you 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 have you have experience some kind of but especially you have skill but then you just kind of wing it until it works because yeah. uh, there is not as, as much supervision there is maybe not as much as a plan maybe a deadline or something and i believe that that's actually something that i always kind of looking forward uh, to I always say like one of the things that I would like to do is uh, like working on an indie game with a, just a small team you know it's like where where everyone has a very like 
specific task you know you have very specific people who who do their their thing it could be very broad it doesn't have to be like just like the shading guy or something you know like td producer director game designer whatever and i feel like this would be very exciting to work with other people and you have this kind of trust where you say like you know uh, i need the 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 art tomorrow because i want to start with the ai system or something and then the artist like does a all-nighter to to deliver the thing for you and you're super thankful because now you can and this kind of like camaraderie and this kind of you see the things that you do coming to shape you know yeah. it's not just like one small a screw in the whole kind of building and i think i can i can relate to do and i think you're absolutely right the first experience i think is something that you remember or maybe even uh, even kind of uh, judge everything afterwards with that you know the, like on on the good or bad part because i don't think like the first experience generally is the best <laughs> like no. at least i remember i remember mine it was it was it was good but it, there were like things where um where i kind of uh would say like mm. but to be honest i think the best part of your first experience is kind of on the freedom side where you had basically because you were maybe for me it was i was an intern so no one was controlling me so i, I what i ended up was i was re rewriting the whole pipeline for the company and two months later they integrated it and like after like the first because i was literally using using a moment because my um i had a pipeline td who was supervising me and he was on vacation for one week and so I started to, you know what? I don't like the pipeline. I think it's just, it's like, it, it was too complicated and it was, you know, like typical thing, like the last five to 10 years of work kind of meshed together in a Frankenstein monster. And so I started to rewrite it. And like after a month, the, the TD was asking me like, hey, what are you doing actually? I was like, I'm rewriting the pipeline. <laughs> what? what? Uh, and then like one month later i i finished it and after that i wrote my bachelor thesis about um how to write visual studio pipelines and stuff like that and it kind of spiraled later where i wrote my open source pipeline for example in a way so um i can absolutely relate to that and it it, it only was possible also this this big jump for me because i had this freedom i i came into a company that was a little bit unstructured, that was happy about everything that you do, basically, kind of. And they were like, and for example, I remember uh, in the middle of the production, I, I came to the head of 3D and I was asking her, um, I would like to light on this animation film. And she's like, do you know how to light? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. And I did like, you know, like, you know, like very basic stuff, you know, like a mental ray kind of something. And so, yeah. Next day, I was uh, pipeline and lighting on this project, and uh, that's something where you would not be possible in a, you know, professional production where everything is very streamlined. So, for example, so I absolutely I agree with you that this first experience are can be very, very, um, also career changing a lot of times. Yeah, you know, if you do them right, if you have the hunger, if you have the potential, um, I think you can um, jump a lot of steps with this kind of first chance. And it doesn't matter that the first chance has to be like a big thing, you know? So for, for me, it was some company that did an animation film in Hamburg, but it lead to all the other things because I was hungry. I wanted to to kind of, you know, I, 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 I was 
I seeing something, I was like, this is interesting. And so I like really get obsessed with things, you know? And I think that that's a, that's a typical thing. I was wondering like, what kind of was the reason for you to, to switch lanes multiple times? So you started kind of going into this photography uh, direction, which felt maybe this is the way where you wanted to go. Then you were becoming an actor and then you switched again, uh, probably because you mentioned like you, you liked the creation part of the film but i was wondering like what kind of motivated you to change what did you do to kind of convince yourself that you can, can just go along and become an actor just go along and work on movies or something like that i have to say that i'm very lucky because my parents always encouraged me to do whatever whatever i wanted and i remember when i was studying uh, drama drama art um, I remember stories of my my fellow students that that were telling me that their parents didn't want them to to be actors or they had to study another another bachelor's degree before or doing so stories of parents that didn't want them to become what those kids wanted to be, and for me it was like seriously. So when they asked me. Were your parents uh, happy with that? And and I remember my 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 father always told me, you know, do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. The only thing that you have to promise me is try to be the best. And it's, it doesn't matter if you are the best or not, but you have to try to be the best. Um, um, that marked me because that was my only condition for do whatever makes me happy. So I can be like, I want to be an actor. Okay, I want to be the best actor possible. What I didn't like of being an actor, for instance, is like I'm judged for my appearance as much as my knowledge or my artistry or whatever you want to call it. And I didn't like that because the characters that I liked is they, they don't fit with my shape, I would say. Um, and that kind of thing bothers me a lot. So I was working a lot for becoming an actor, and then I was discovering that, yeah, I'm not, I, for some reason, I'm not going to get to the point that I wanted. And at the same time, I have other things that are, for me, the most important characteristic for, a, for an artist, which is curiosity. I am a very curious person and I'm and I fall in love very easily with everything. So if I start learning, for instance, pff, how planes work, air, aircraft, I mean, an airplane, I studied to become a, a pilot and I actually became a pilot because I really like aircrafts. So I started studying aircrafts and so on. And one day I said, well, why not to go to fly school? And then recently I became a private pilot. So that is what I mean is when you start, you have two ways. You can do it as a hobby, just using your spare time, or you can just take it seriously and just become a professional for that. Well, for some reason that I don't understand, I always want to become a professional of whatever I do. For instance, this morning I was I was with my with my son at the at the doctor uh, for an appointment, 
and I was seeing other because it was a university uh, hospital, so there were uh, students of medicine there, and it was so cool to see them. And I, I confess, I was like seeing like, what if I study medicine? I was like, no, okay, no, let, 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 let's let's move. <laughs> not, let's today. Move. So not today. Let, let's, not let's, today. Let's maybe 2022, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because it's not a good year for that. But this is what I mean. It's like I fall in love with something and it's like, I want to know more. I want to know more. And one day you discover like, wow, I, I have enough for this, just to become a professional for, for that. That is what I believe I started as, as, as an actor. And then I study uh, a, a professional actor. The same with, as a compositor. I still believe visual effects in my life were an accident. I never wanted to be a compositor. And I mean a compositor. Visual effects, yeah, I like it. But I discovered what is a compositor when I was 24 or something like that, 24, 25, that a, a, a teacher of mine told me, you have a very good eye for light and all of that. And also you are good co with computers. You will, you will be an amazing compositor. And I said, Com compos what is that? Is the, the, the guys that make music? And I said, no, 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 no. A compositor is the one that is putting images together to make them look like they have been shot at the same time with the same light. Oh, so is, is there a job that people is doing that? And yeah, so so then he told me, oh, if you like, I can recommend you. There is a guy that is doing a course in the States. His name is Steve Wright. I have no idea who is this guy, but it sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So I went there to study. So this is what I mean. And then one day the, the, the earthquake, the, all the stuff, and he's like, okay, I'm going there. Oh, I need to survive. So I need to become not a good artist. I need to become the best compositor in the world because my life is depending on that. I literally became a good compositor just because I needed the money. I started creating tutorials because I needed the money to pay the bills for the earthquake because you know, I lost everything in the, in the, in the earthquake, but not the mortgage. I still kept paying for the mortgage even if I didn't have the house and I didn't have my studio because I have a studio in that, in that house and I lost my job and everything, but I still have to pay the mortgage. So I needed to pay for my mortgage in London that I was living there and the mortgage in Italy for the house that I lost. Um, and that forced me to get out of my comfort zone, as you said before, we are talking about that. So. I just needed the money, so I, 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 I remember, I was very ashamed to ask questions in my, in my course with, with Steve, with Steve Wright. Um, I was always afraid because my English was so broken, so bad, I couldn't put sentences together. I understood English quite well because I was used to watch a TV series without the subtitles because I was too impatient to wait for the two subtitles to be released. So I was just used to listen to English, but I wasn't used to talk. So I was just listening, reading, and making the exercises. And then when I moved to London, I received one day a call from CMI uh, VFX uh, that I believe is, is not in, in the business anymore. And they proposed me to do a course. It's like, what do you want to do the course about? And he's like, oh my God, I need the money. And they told me, okay, we are going to pay you. The more you, you sell, the more you get. So it's not about, it was a percentage. So it wasn't like buying me out the course. So I needed to sell. So it was like, okay, 
what I know about, well, I know about color because I was working as a colorist for helping uh, filmmakers um, in the very early stages. Um, I know a bit about digital things. So, okay, I'm going to put together a course about color for artists um, and compositing just a bit of this on that. And I was seriously terrified because for me, that thing that I was explaining was so basic, so easy, and I was like feeling very fake because it's like, oh my God, everybody knows about this. So, okay, nobody's going to be interested, but I need the money. Okay, I'm just going to do it. So I didn't thought about that. And I was preparing as much as possible. For the people, that course became very famous, by the way, but... Many people that now listen to this course is very nice because it starts like, hello, I'm Victor Perez and welcome to this course, blah, 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 blah. And it sounds like very, you know, someone that more or less knows about English. I remember recording that. It was like, hello, my shit. Okay. Hello, and my name is Victor. Okay, let's start again. And I was like that. And I remember for two hours, for two hours of the, the, the introduction, the first two, two chapters of the course, I recorded something like 10 hours. And I was editing every little piece in there just to make the complete sentence and then re-recording. And I was, so it was really hell for recording. Hello, I'm Victor Perez and um, yeah, and you are not, so I am, I, and that's it. That's good to start, okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Victor Perez. Um, I'm a visual effects No, 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 no. Uh, so, I'm Victor, uh, is my name, I'm a visual effects supervisor, and you are listening to the 21st uh, artist show. This is going to be an interesting one. We are going to spend one card just for this. <laughs> first two hours. <laughs> just the first two hours, just for this. <laughs> so. Hello, this is Victor Perez, I'm a visual effects supervisor, and you are listening to the 21st Artist Show. 21. Ah! <laughs> 21. When it was released, I was like, this is not going to work. They are just going to, oh my God, I'm so much blame. Okay. And it was released, and they called me after a week, like, oh my God, this is one of the best sellers that we ever had in here. He's like going, so I got like a, very good chunk of money from 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 that course and from there i started getting other people and more courses i started working with uh, fx phd that i was a student from them and i started becoming well known of that but if i didn't need the money probably i wouldn't be doing tutorials it's something really really hard and I respect so much to the people that is creating uh, recordings or even teaching online, especially for those, and I mean, you know a bit about this, you are teaching in a language that is not your own and you have to find the words for creating a speech with the technical staff to keep people interested for a long time, for it's, it's is a lot. I respect deeply the people. And I learned so much from Steve Wright. He inspired me because he was my teacher. So when I was listening to his tutorials, he was like, oh, this is very easy. Oh, come on. You just record and talk. And it's, it is not because, of course, it can be easy if you start talking, but he's just guiding you. He's just taking your hand and, and taking you through the whole thing. So the way I teach is 
100% owned to, to Steve Wright. Of course, in the, the things that I teach are owned by many other people. But my first teacher, my first master of the craft was Steve Wright. And, and that, that's the story of getting out of the comfort zone. Nobody in, in their healthy mind is just going to say, ah, yeah, I'm going to get my life complicated. No way. Why? But if you are curious and you need, and you genuinely need something, is when you are going to get that. That's why I, I really, I remember when Roberto Benigni won the Oscar for um, uh, Life is Beautiful, the La Vita e Bella, uh, he, an amazing film, amazing. And when he won, he won two Oscars in, in there, best, uh, best foreign uh, language film and uh, best actor against Jim Carrey, for instance. And, and, I, and I remember when he won the, 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 the Oscar for best actor, he said, I want to thank my parents because they gave me the, the biggest gift in my life, poverty. And people in the audience start laughing because it thinks that he's joking, but he wasn't. He actually said that poverty is the best thing that can happen to you. Because with poverty, you need things. You are going to move because you need to produce. You need to, 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 to put together those two things of art that are usually very difficult, which is artistry and industry. Artistry alone, as you said before, artistry alone is like, pff, yeah, I like this, I'm going to do. But if I have all the resources in the world and all the time in the world, of course you can do it. But when you put together industry, it means that you have a schedule and you have a budget for that. And then when you put those together, it's like you are a professional because you have to deliver on time the best quality, the best, and, and that is what is tricky to the to be a professional artist. So that is what I what I believe. The best gift that you can have is actually being poor. I remember I saw the clip specifically from the Oscars uh, because it, like there's like some some like speeches or something you kind of remember because they were so famous kind of. I remember I remember this one. I think I think in a way I understand the, the point. It, it's not hundred percent correct if you if you include the third world countries because oh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, not it's also sense. about opportunity, you know. Because I, I have a lot of clients, for example, from like India, Brazil, or something like where it is it is not South America or something like that and it is not always possible you know like there is nothing there sometimes depends where you live exactly and so and it's for example it's also hard to move because you are from coming from this country and like get a visa in canada if you come from from india that could be very very challenging so i understand the point i mean he's probably talking about his environment like italy and stuff but um in general i i think i would agree because you need motivation and what better motivation than like, you know, like existential crisis, basically, you know, there, there's nothing more motivating than, than money. I mean, it, if it goes too long, it becomes, can become very depressing and more of a stopper, but as same as you, I think, um, a lot of steps I did were a lot of times forced by something else like money. 
And I think it it is like creating like your own business, for example, you as a as a freelance supervisor, and um, me as someone who's who's doing coaching and master classes. A lot of times, I have to think like, okay, where's the next course going, or where's the next few months? Uh, where do I get my my paycheck from? You know, if I'm not doing freelancing work, for example. So and and it motivates you to to sit down and it's like, okay, I have to do both. I have to be be an artist or a teacher or whatever, and I still have to be a businessman. You know, I still have to think like, okay, yes, I have to make a course, but I have to sell it. Like, yeah. it doesn't really make a sense. Like, you know, I have, for example, um, a, a Python Advanced course, and it like it took me first time because we were talking about like courses and confidence. It took me a while, and it's still going. Where I was like, okay. Is that something that I can teach? I mean, like from my career, yes, but from is it like from the content? Is it from from the price? Is it from confident? Like you know, all this question that you ask yourselves, and it takes a while till you get out of this. You think like, okay, does it give it value? If it does give the value of the price, I mean, that's the the most important thing. Is is like yeah. because I, I sometimes discuss with people like qualities you know like uh, there's oh it's it's not the same video quality as something else yes that's good and important but at the end of the day the most important part is not that you made like the best youtube video quality with cool lights and background and whatever at the end of the day is you go into something did you come out better and was it worth it it's much more important than the best speaker the best editing the best whatever that helps for sure but um, it's only one part of all the equation. And at the end of the day, if you can get someone through a course or your seminar or whatever, and he comes out better, much better even, then I think that is the most important thing. But how to figure it out, you know, because there are so many layers. I mean, as you notice, like editing is part of that, uh, like being a speaker, you know, yeah. scripting, being good in the content that you're talking about. So there's a lot of, a lot of elements Basically, guys, the secret to success is to have Victor's parents. That's that's how you do it. <laughs> because at the end of the day, I think that is the combination because other people who, who don't have maybe an upbringing where, where people, friends, family basically push you down, they can end up being more on the safe side. They can end up like, going the doctor path and like you know because that's something that you sh that's the good way you know going the path that university job and i think that, like there's a big role to play with parents and friends and environments and stuff like that you can break out but it will be harder because you will be the the weird ones you know the, you will be the one that like everyone does their thing they marry they get their jobs and you're the artist uh, the one who wants to work in movies or games and there is no industry in your area and you're the weird one and that can be very very tough for yourself. so i think it is quite important to have an, a good upbringing in a way you know like um combining with uh um a motivation like <laughs> i mean poverty is not the best motivation in general <laughs> uh, no one wants that but but yeah, the motivation that you, you have yes but uh, but the motivation is like for example I talk with alan mckay is like bring yourself in a stressful situation by for example moving if you move to london or something first thing you opened of possibilities because suddenly you are surrounded by by companies that work here but b you're now like okay i have to make it because uh i have to get a job i have to pay the rent which is 
quite expensive in London. Um, and as long as you go there with a plan and not like completely like, okay, let's let's do it. I think I think a little bit of chaos in your life motivates you to to push forward and to overcome this the comfort zone, basically a little bit what we talk about, and to to kind of join the world that you want, you know, and not just like stick to the things that that you that you despise after a while or don't like after a while or don't feel inspired by by after a while did you ever feel conflicted by changing like careers do you ever felt for example when you started acting and then you kind of stopped this was like was it something that you felt am i strange is that you know because that's the thing a lot of people have is like why i'm the only one who cannot stick to it you know of course and that bothers me because it's like I waste my time, but time is never wasted. You bring your own experience. You never, you never start start from, from from scratch. You start from experience of the previous thing. So of course, I remember very clear. I I, I was a professional actor since I was uh, uh, very young, and I mean, I was paid for being an actor when I was fourteen, um, and I was working a lot. And right after, after I uh, I release, I mean, they released the film with Antonio Banderas. I decided to move to Italy because I met my well today is my wife, but in that in, in that time it was my girlfriend. So I met her, and I I decided to move to Italy to stay with her because it was impossible to be. We we stayed for something like a year in the distance. It was. I mean, it was I was spending so much money on telephone because in that time, WhatsApp, even Skype was we, not. We it. remember that ICQ was, I think, the slowly yeah, something, coming. Something. So we were buying like telephone cards just to call in abroad and all of that. It was very painful. Um, when I moved to Italy, I realized that uh, I was learning Italian, by the way, um, for her. And after a while, I was even speaking Italian. That is, for a Spanish-speaking Italian, is not that difficult. Um, but the accent is enough to just, to f I mean, it's going to be impossible to have like a character. I'm not going to play a Sicilian, for instance, uh, even if I could be the best actor in the world. 50% are the hands. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to sound very fake. So it's like, I was slowly realizing that I can because I still have, in that time, I still have my agent in, in Spain and they were calling me to, to do a few things in there. And just it's slowly, I was realizing that it was bothering me. And there were parts of that job that I didn't like. Of course, now, if I think about that time, it's beautiful because of course I was young, I was meeting people and I was in something new. But if now if I, think about from the experience is like no way i don't want to be an actor i'm not i'm not made to be an actor i respect actors so much i'm not one of them i don't have the qualities yeah maybe i have the ability to talk the ability but to create a story from within your body and exterior that in front of a camera no no way so they you have just to listen to listen that tiny voice that is telling you why don't you try that? Instead of just being 
anchor to the past, anchor to something else that, oh, I was a very good actor, oh, I was a very good life, oh, I love my country. If you attach yourself to what you are living, you will, you will carry a huge load. So you are not going to move. So there is one point of your life that you just have to let it go. You know, at Elsa in Frozen, <laughs> you just have to let it go and to move forward. And that is a past that belongs to you. Is I mean, I am, I still feel, and I remember my days as as an actor, and it was great. But now I'm not that anymore. So I believe you grow, and in different stages of your life, maybe you are going to feel different desires. So why not to listen to those desires? Life is too short to be only one person. This is what I believe. So I was an actor. Then I was uh, a visual effects uh, compositor. Then I was a supervisor. Then I was a director. Then I want to be, to be alive. The day I, I die, I just want to be alive and to live so many lives and so many experiences because that life is all about that. It's all about the people that you meet, what they bring to your life, what you can bring to the world. And St. Augustine, that was a, a philosopher, one of the founders of the Catholic Church, by the way, but not, not because he's religious, but I, I believe in something that he said, that is, you are going to be remembered for the love that you live in the world. And that is something that I, that I take very serious. Whatever I do, I, I do it with love. Whatever the craft, the story that I'm going to tell, the, the little things that I'm going to do, is I'm going to do it with my love for that craft. If I'm not doing it with my full heart, it doesn't work. It's like people. If you, if you are with someone, it's because you love them. You cannot be with someone for any other interest. You are wasting your time, first of all, and your resources or your love or whatever you want. You need to be there fully. You have to be present. So if I'm here now and I am a visual effects artist, I am a visual effects artist. I'm not half a visual effects artist and half someone else that was uh, long ago. So that is the only way that I believe. So there is a certain resistance, of course, to change because a healthy brain doesn't want to change. Your brain wants you to have a habit, uh, something that you do regularly every day to eat the same, to have the same people, not to have surprises. And I want, I mean, I know a bit about that because one day I have a surprise that, surprise, you don't have a house anymore, you move. So that, that happens and then, you know, you don't need to go that far. Two years ago, because it sounds like more or less two years ago, the pandemic starts and it's like, surprise, the world as you know it doesn't exist anymore. And I, and I, Hear people just saying, I can't wait to, to, to go back to normal. No way. There is no back to normal. There is a new normality that we have to build. But we don't go backwards. We are just going to, to build a new world with this situation that we have right now. So this is what I mean. It's just to move forward. Of course, looking back is nice not to repeat the same mistakes. But you cannot live in looking back because you will never see what is in front of you or the most important part, to live the present. So today I feel like I want to be an artist. I want to be an artist. Maybe tomorrow I want to be a pilot professionally. I don't know. I can't, the only thing that I can say is that right now, 
I am a visual effects artist and I love it. So until the moment I stop loving it, I'm going to keep doing it. That is the only promise I can make. Yeah, it's 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 great that you that you mentioned that with the brain because I was just reading the power of habit, and it's about how our habits kind of uh, create and the, like how uh, they influence us, but also how they kind of drift us in the maybe the wrong direction, and that we that we also basically lose control over our own life because it, it becomes controlled by the habit. And the reason for you mentioned the brain. The reason for the brain is at the moment a habit is built, a connection is built. So the moment we have habits, the brain shuts down. So it 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 kind of because the brain wants to preserve itself, it it wants to preserve energy. So the moment we do something multiple times, the connections are built in the brain, and then the brain doesn't have to think about that any, anymore. And so if we just like drive, for example, a typical thing, brain shuts down, and we can drive safely more or less, but we are not focused. We are not like hundred percent in full control. And that's a little bit the thing. And I think that is actually um, a good point because habits actually make Uh, even our worst nightmares part of our daily routines, you know, staying with a partner that we that we cannot stand, you know, staying at a job or career that we hate because of toxicity, the work that that are burns out out or something like that. And it's, I think a lot of times it has to do with habits because they create comfort. You don't have to think, you don't have to improvise, you don't have to be creative with your next step. And I think it's it's good to to break out of them or like even regularly. That's what I, I meant when you when I talked about chaos. The best way to to break out of a ha habit is literally throw yourself into chaos. You know, going out alone at like you know to a bar, um, moving, um, like doing something that you never did uh, before on a maybe daily basis. Small things. I think that creates this kind of motivation of staying staying kind of. Agile. For example, I always say to my friends, it's like, hey, um, I always do a cold shower in the morning. And everyone's like, Ooh, uh, that's not, that doesn't sound good. And um, for me, it's actually, besides the health uh, opportunities, it's also a little bit of, yes, I can do something that I don't like. It's a little bit in there. It's this kind of, in the morning, I already start to fight with myself and I decided to do it anyway. And so what's the next thing? You know, if someone writes me a bad email or if I have to negotiate a contract or something, it is it will be less painful because I already decided to go into the like pain, basically going into the cold shower. And this is our like small things that you can add in your life, I think, that um, will remove you from this habit paths even that can be very destructive, I think. Like, you know, you could stay at as an actor. You know, you maybe burn yourself out mentally because you maybe didn't enjoy it after a while. But at least I think that happens with a lot of people. You kind of become burned out innerly because you feel like the the things that you value are not in there anymore. You know, maybe maybe it still is fun, but all the surroundings of, of shooting is maybe so stressful and so annoying that you kind of become to despise it. So I think it is very important to, to listen to basically what... What is your motivation actually at the end of the day, and to kind of shift around with that, and be be a little bit afraid of your habits sometimes because I think they can be very um, destructive. And I, I really like the way that you think about a life being like someone who has multiple hats on in his life. You know, you don't have to be visual effects artist, and that's basically, you know, born yeah. that. 
Um, I think that's something interesting. But I think also that is something, a, a conflict for achieving people and creative people is to fight with yourself. If like you invest so much time into a skill, into a career, and suddenly you decide, oh, no, you know what? I become a carpenter or I become uh, something else. And in, in our case, for example, we are more lucky. We are still a little bit in this, like basically in the same lanes. You know, for me, I also started going this direction and then I'm starting into teaching and it's, it's kind of still in the same direction. But if it's, it's a still kind of this, this, am I doing the right thing? Is it correct? Should I think like that? And what I'm curious for, from your side, was it always kind of a decision? Was it something where you felt like, okay, you know what? I, w I will finish this. I I'm not an actor anymore. I want to do something else. Was it more spontaneous or did you felt that for you, was it like gradually changing? The decision is something that is cooking for a long time. That decision is not that one day you just wake up and say, oh, I'm not going to be an actor anymore. You are just having cues. And you one day just accept it. It's not that you decide to do something else. You just accept that you just, in some point in the past, you made a decision that you didn't realize. And now it's like, are you happy with that? And he's like, yeah, I'm happy with that. Because I never, I never quit acting. I didn't just send my, my agent, hey, I'm going to quit acting because now I'm going to. No, it was like one day they, they called me for a, for a job and I said, no, I'm busy. I'm, I'm shooting, I'm shooting a, a short film. Oh, okay. And then they call me again. Are you available for this? There is a movie and, and whatever. And it's like, uh, no, actually, I, I, I have something else. And then one day you are just talking to yourself and say, what are you doing? Why not to call then and to say, hey, don't fight for me anymore as an actor because you are wasting your time. And that is what happened. So I think it's just naturally, you just need to, not to make a, de a decision, that is something hard. You are going just to break with the past. You are just going to, no, it's just like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> the, you know? <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that's a kind of a decision. You, you said no, you know, you, you kind of, I mean, I mean, maybe it was not conscious. You're like, I will not, I w don't want to become an actor anymore, but it was a decision in terms like, I don't want to do what I did before. Uh, like the specific thing, you know, I don't want to, which doesn't mean acting. It just means this, you know, like yeah. this specific thing that I, that I was hired before. I don't want to do again. And I think that's also like the best way of, of uh, seeing that your subconscious suddenly takes over for a moment and says like, uh, that doesn't sound like fun. And, and the funny thing is like the, the, with every time it's getting easier. You know, after after the first time, the second time, the third time, it's the same thing for me. Uh, like I get now offers for, for especially pipeline TDs. That's most common offer I get, and I say no to all of them. I get from Amazon and and stuff like that. And I was like, that's not what I want to do right now. Like I'm yeah. interested in in teaching. I'm interested in coaching. That's something I'm interested. But yeah, I remember like the first time, even with the decision in hand, that I do that for a while now um, and explore this direction, it was hard. And now it's like, it becomes so like, I get an offer. Thank you very much. No, but if you like need someone who is coaching or teaching in your company, happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, absolutely can relate to that. I have a, 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 a fun story that happens during the pandemic. Um, 
it was, I think it was last year, um, they called me to be an actor again. And I, I mean, I quit. I mean, it's not that I, as I say, I didn't quit, but the last film you, I did... You forgot to tell them. That's why they were like waiting for years well, and no, years to hire I mean, you. I think it was, a, it's, it's a long, it's a long one, but it, it, I, the last film I did as an actor was something like 20 years ago or, well, slightly less, maybe 18 years ago or something like that. But during the pandemic, uh, there is a Spanish director that I really love. I really love is Alex de la Iglesia. Uh, I, I love him. And they call me because I, I, I have this studio. My studio is in, is in Italy, in the countryside. And they knew it was in, in, in Italy. And when the restrictions for traveling uh, happened, there was something, uh, they, they had to shoot one scene in Venice, but the actor that was playing that part couldn't travel, but they needed to close the production in Italy. So they called me uh, just to do that part. It wasn't a, a big part, but it was, and it was like 18 years after my last film. And now, seriously, I don't feel a, like an actor at all. But when they call me, it's like, come on, please help us with this. And what? the pay is really good. The pay was actually really, really good. But I said, no, I, ca I, I cannot do that. I know how hard it is to be an actor and I'm not an actor anymore. I'm not going to, to remove the work from an actor just for me being there because it makes no sense. I'm not going to enjoy. I'm not going to do that with the joy when I was an actor that it was like, okay, let's do it. I was going just to be like, okay, yeah, give, give me the paper. I'm going to read. I'm just going to do the minimum stuff. I don't want to do that. Not in your own interest because I, I respect everybody in there. So that is what I mean. It's not the money. If you are doing things for the money, you are a mercenary, which is okay. If you are good, there are mercenaries that are really good. But to be an artist, you have to, lo to love what you do. If you don't, you are cheating. You are cheating on your clients. So I was very surprised that they called me. And, and it was my, my old agent that told them, you know, Victor is living in Italy. I they didn't even know that I was a visual effects artist, that I was living in London for a long time. They just knew that I was moving in, in, in Italy. And, and that was like the official, the official closure as my acting career, because I called them and I said, Please don't call me again for acting jobs because I'm not an actor anymore. So this is what I mean is you, you never close anything until you want to close them. For a long time, I was like, okay, well, if something comes my way and I like it, okay, why not? Well, a, a, a friend of mine has a, a director. He asked me to do uh, for a, a mockumentary. He needed someone to be a scientific explaining things. And he told me, man, I want you to explain this as you explain nuke for, for the people. And he was like, man, I'm not an actor. No, no, no. I don't want an actor. I want you explaining things as you explain <laughs> nuke. Okay, well, I can do that. So, but this is what I mean. You, I was playing in there and I was having fun. But if I'm not having fun and I'm doing this for the money, oof. If you want to do things for the money, be a plumber, be a dentist, but not an artist. It's a very bad business for making money, actually. If you're lucky, yeah, of course. Payment sucks normally. Like if you don't do extreme <laughs> overtime, like compared, 
I mean, it's not a, a bad paid job per se, generally speaking. No, no, um, no. But it, it is compared to other jobs where you work maybe less stressful and, uh, you know, this kind of um, or le less maybe demanding from your inner, you know, child. Basically, their jobs there would be like software developer. If you want to get paid more on my side, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to go pipeline technical director, become a software developer. We paid five times more, have less responsibility. You just do exactly what, what you know and you can grow still whatever wherever you want, but you don't have this complexity of productions in terms of chaos because that's the big thing between a software development project and a film project. There is less chaos because it's more clear how things are going. It's already for more longer longer time. It's very structured a lot of times, best case. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely a plumber, man. If you want money for everybody, if you want money, be a plumber. Specialize in boilers. That is the best job ever to make money. Especially calling all out of hours. That is like a huge dumb visual effects artist <laughs> and all of that. No, no, no. <laughs> I can see I can see some of your of your master classes get cancelled now because people now decide, oh, that's the money. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's yeah. where it should go. <laughs> master class in plumbing. This is this is my plan. This is my plan now. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely understand. No, 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 I get it. But I think I think one of the things, and that that comes back a little bit to what you said in the in the beginning, is you don't forget the skills. You you embed them. And for example, acting. And I mean, people can now literally see that and see that in your older videos. Um, it's part of you. You know, this this uh, like being more like this is is not just because you're Spanish or who you are. It's a lot of times also because. You're used to, you know, open up if if necessary. You know, you are yeah. used to to like switch the the okay, I'm the introvert or extrovert uh, role because now it's going showtime. You know, Victor, it's showtime kind of thing. And I think I can relate to that. It's um, I was doing three years um, musicals, so I was uh, singing on stage and and acting, which is balanced on on musicals because singing is mostly just yeah. like walking around and, uh, um, but. Um, I, I love I love it, um, but I will never do it like professionally. But I love to do all this, you know, talking. It, in a way, it is acting. You know, I have to speak normally. <laughs> you know, don't be too too bad. Oh, but the same thing for my courses, for my coaching. There are lots of acting skills involved. You know, you be you have to be the dominant in the room. If you do a coaching, you cannot be the hey. How can I how can I help you? You know, you have to be, hey, great to have you here. I'm super looking forward. So the first question we have to do is what's your goal? You know, and I'm doing even the president thing here. <laughs> Welcome to our short mid-episode coffee break. If you love the content and would like to have a successful career in the film or games industry yourself, check out my website 21artistshow.com. There you can find helpful articles, masterclasses, and coaching opportunities that help dozens of my students to bring their profession to the next level. That's all. Check out 21artistshow.com and share the podcast with cool people you know. Let's continue with the episode. One of the reasons that actually I, I kind of noticed you back and uh, had you back on my radar and... Um, was actually the reason why I, in the end, invited you. I was curious because I saw that you did your masterclass in Italian. Yeah. And and that was something where I was like, ooh, 
that is unexpected because first thing it is a very english industry generally speaking there most people speaking or more or less all people especially if you want to go in the big production there is no chance in hell that you can just be you know spanish speaking german speaking italian speaking so uh, like i was i was wondering um First thing I would I was wondering what what, what like was the decision to make that in it because in a way you also created a smaller market for yourself in, yeah. in a lot of sense it's it's uh, it's a challenge it is it also your is it which which uh, which order is 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 Italian on your language uh, order so Spanish then English and then Italian I speak every day at home I speak in in Italian uh with my, with my wife i mean it's it's natural i have been speaking italian so i'm practically bilingual i have been speaking at this point in my life i think i have been speaking as much italian as spanish so <laughs> it's it's more or less 50 50 um the 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 reason to 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 have that masterclass in in italian is because i i received plenty plenty requests for from italy um because uh, it is it is true it's a smaller market but there is there isn't much uh content in italian so there is people that doesn't feel comfortable learning in italian because they maybe they speak english but they want to have the confidence of their mother tongue to speak in, in when they are learning something so complex And I can relate to that because I was dying <laughs> just trying to when I was learning in English without having understanding and stuff. So it, it, it stressed me a lot. I have been teaching in, in in Italy for many years. Once in a while, when I have like the requests from people, I just put together a, a group. Um, after the pandemic, during the pandemic, actually, I was receiving requests like, hey, can you do like a one-on-one -on -one course? Um, and, I, and during the pandemic, I was like super staff of, of work. I was working too much and I said, no, I cannot take one-on-one. -on -one, I cannot take one-on-one. -on -one. And then I have like a, a bunch of people that was asking me and say, okay, let's do something. Let's do one group class. So... All of you can have the class if you if you like, and I'm going to make it public. So if other people wants to join, I'm going to have like 20 slots maximum because I want to keep things uh, intimate because I like the relation. I mean, you know, I like the relation with the with the students. One of my favorite things is actually the relation. It's not just kind of push push courses out, uh, outwards like yeah. digital product, and then and then it's like okay over, and then you basically detach yourself from the thing, and it's like. Exactly. For, for, I mean, for me, if, if people want that, I have my tutorials and I'm very happy with the quality of my tutorials. But if you are doing something live, it's because you want to establish a contact with the, with the people that is watching. So I have it. My, my, my setup is allowing me to have them in the monitor and working here and sharing. So I feel like it's actually like being in the same, in the same place. And that is what I believe before the class. Now, After, after having that masterclass that was entirely online, what I can say is not the same as being in the same room. It's way better. It's the results have exponentially grown. Because in the same room, there is diversification. There is, you have to go to a place. You have to concentrate the, the classes. For instance, I have been teaching in London for many years at different schools. And the problem is I have to teach for six hours in a row. Six hours of me delivering stuff is just, it's crazy. 
People, yeah. it's, just, it's just too much. It's overwhelmed after two hours. In here, I was able to do two hours every day, four days a week uh, for three months. The results is right now, after a few months, is mostly all of them are already working. But working as professional compositors, not junior, uh, roto artists, runners. No, no, no. They are working as compositors. And, and the, I mean, the relation that I have with each of them is like friends. Because I know them. They contact me. Hey, what should I ask? They offer me this. What you, and, and I can mentor them. This is what I like. This is what I mean before about you are going to be remembered by the love you live in the world. This is what I mean. Is I... I like to teach people and making the tutorials is making me able to arrive to many, many places. But for those people that are going to be the lucky or I am the lucky to meet them, is that, that is a special relation. So in Italy, there is this lack of content, but there is this amazing talent. I know, I mean, you have been working in the industry in London as well, and and. Most of the people in London, that is something that I am very surprised. When I was working in the different companies that, that I have been working, most of the people is not from London, not even from the UK. Most of the people is from Spain, Italy, France, Germany, and then, of course, from many other places. But it's all this group of people is like, the, when, when you see someone that is coming from Spain or from Italy or from all the other places, it's like they are... These people, that they made a change in their life because they devote themselves to that craft enough to change their lives to go there. That is a huge respect that I have for that. So for all the people that made that, it's because they really love that. Because if you're working in the company that is around the corner, you have it there. Um, it, yeah, maybe you are very good, but... If you are coming from the other side of the world because that is what you wanted to do, there is a, a different approach. So I really love the people that is coming from this downside, I'm going to say downside of the world, because Italians, as Spanish and many other people in, in Europe, uh, we don't speak very good English, for instance, because it's not like the, 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 the first thing in school. Um, but still... You learn English, you learn your way, you go and you reach and you become a good artist. That is something I always admire. So that's, that's something very rewarding. When I'm teaching in, in, in Italy and you find the people that is really, really wanted to do that course, that stimulates me a lot. Now I'm planning to do another Another masterclass, I still don't know because I I, 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 I would saw the plan votes. to have to have a life. Maybe I should have a life sometime. But I would like because still I have requests. But I'm having requests in Spanish, in 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 English. Someone told me today, can you do it in French? I would love to, but I don't speak French at all. Um so the thing is like, okay, the next one, maybe it's going to be in Spanish, maybe it's going to be in English, probably it's going to be in English. Because it's just, of course, also th there is a huge part of the world that can relate to that because of because of the language. It's a it's an easy language, so that is what I mean. It's like I I was I wanted to to make that course for the people that was asking. So this time, I don't know. I I still don't know even if I'm going to do it or or not. I always try to keep myself teaching, because that is the best way of learning. Because you don't have, if you, when you are teaching, you have the moral responsibility 
to know more than the students that are in front of you. So you have to know everything backwards. And I don't mean just the software, but also the, the techniques, the unrefine everything and ask other people, how do you do that? And that is keeping me fresh. So even if I'm not compositing for something like a year, but I have been teaching, the amount of experience that I accumulate in that year is even more than doing the same thing over and over again. That that is the problem of compositing, as many other craft of visual effects. It's like it's very repetitive. So there is there is a huge learning in the beginning, but then you arrive to a point that you get a bit stuck, unless you are getting something that is pushing the boundaries in terms of technology. But compositing, more or less, is always the same. I mean, there are a few increases in in the tech, but the the artistry. Uh, is the same. So that's why I always try to, to stay behind the science, the technology, the learning something new, knowing people, sharing, and learning. Uh, I mean, teaching is the best way of learning for me. I would even go a step further. Actually, um, you should know more than what you say, actually. Oh, yeah. Right? So oh, yeah. It's, it's in a way because, because teaching is as much of content giving as, as content removing. You know, because it is as important to not specifically say specific things or teach specific things, not because they're not important, but they're not important now. And I think that is an important thing. For example, I remember um, when I started my, my Python courses, Python for Maya, Python for Nuke, and so on. One of the things that the most common question I get from, from beginners, basically, they're, they're mostly in Maya and Nuke, but they're beginners in terms of Python. And the most typical question I get is, do we learn classes? Because for some reasons, everyone who thinks of scripting and programming has this notion <laughs> that classes are part of this whole thing. Classes, kind of, you know, classes. Huh? So that's the thing. And and one of the, one of the conscious decision I did is I didn't I removed classes from this uh, Python course because it is a beginner course. Of course, you learn Python, and then you learn Python to use it in Maya and in Nuke and uh, 3ds Max and so on. So basically, you apply the language in the software. But you don't need classes for that. You don't need classes to create a node tree or uh, override the paths and open import, whatever. You know, you don't need classes for all of that. So, so to make a, a, a normal app in Nuke, you don't need classes for. You need classes the moment you have so much complexity, you start to create apps. That's when, when for example, in advanced Python, you will talk about it. But it's the same thing. That's like yeah. I consciously decided to remove things that were confusing. Because yes, I couldn't introduce that. I make a video for 10 minutes explaining classes. But the moment I do that, it creates like this weird question mark. And what I what I what one of the points that I have for all my classes is um confidence. It takes away confidence because the moment you introduce topics that are hard to grasp, maybe complicated, and you cannot use really because it's not time for that, you remove people's confidence and they're less likely to use what you told them because they they think they are not capable to really like do all the tricks and all the new knowledge because they kind of like learned there yeah, i had a, like topics that i don't understand so maybe i'm just not good enough for that maybe i stick to what to my habits maybe i stick to the things that i know you know it's like every time i completely agree with that yeah it's uh, the same thing so i kind of uh, love that but th that's was actually yeah no no really really love your answer i think it is um amazing and you always, and you mentioned something, it also depends on the country. So some countries are not so forward thinking in terms of specific industries. You know, Italy, as 
I don't really know if they have a big, not, not as I know, like a visual effects industry. I don't think so. It's no, like not. They, I mean, there are. Everyone has a film here. industry. I mean, yeah. every every country yeah. has a film industry, but basically. No, that is not something. Is not something that you are going to relate to the visual effects industry as a model for something. It's like yeah, like a suburbia uh, industry. That very respectable, by the way, but is not. I mean. Is the films itself? It's like there are no films that are going to be produced in order to make the visual effects shine. Maybe you have a few sequences that is going to allow you to do something like that. But I think I was very, very lucky to be the supervisor of one of the very little or few uh, superhero independent movies that that, that exist. And I was working with a, a, a director that is a, an Academy Award director, Gabriele Salvatores, and, and I did a, a visual effects movie for a, a superhero, but it was like an intimate drama film with superheroes, which is very weird. And I love that concept, which is why I decided to, to get on board. And, and I had the ability to get both worlds, the independent cinema and the big, big in-your-face visual effects together and balance that to tell the story. I learned so much from that experience. I'm working with, I mean, Gabriele is is, is over 70. Uh, so he has been, I mean, he has been working on many, many, many things. And this was the first time he was doing, attempting something this complex. Um, we both learn from each other, from this experience. Then I, I work in another thing with him and he remains like a good friend, but... It was kind of an experience, but aside that, there isn't much that you can. And it's it's a it's a it's a shame because they are very good artists in in Italy, but most of them go elsewhere when they want to get into more complex uh, or more challenging uh, projects. But well, who knows? Every country has its own value. So, for example, in in France, it's two D. Animation, comic art, everything like that. The artists are very high regard in here. It's they're still poorish. Yeah. It's still, it's not like they're like rich here, but but it's very like society says in France. It's a great job. It is a real job. In Germany, no go. If you are an, an artist per se, it's definitely not as as like seen as positive as Germany engineer programmer software developer technical director if I, if people understand what it what it is they um so it's true it's like literally and um, Spain is probably something else so it's yeah. it's every country values specific things and says this is a good job and this is something kids play kind of job you know so i think that's also uh, the the besides the language i think it's always the social expectations where you have to fight against and and say like okay in my environment it no one is a visual effects artist but i want to be so it is kind of uh, so again back to the parents and friends and surrounding thing i think it is kind of important but also i think it is important that the thing that you do and i, I try to do in my masterclass too is to create this community you know even if it's on online even if it's in this masterclass or in this Facebook group or whatever is to to yeah you're you're now in India you're now in Brazil you're now in Italy but we are all working to become uh, new compositors technical directors and because we have people to talk to ask questions and feel part of community we get the chance to maybe move out in the future or 
maybe create our own company in Italy. And I think no one stops uh, anyone to say, you know what, I love Italy. I want that uh, striving thing. And for example, Germany, you can see um, we have a lot of new companies coming. We have like Trickster, um, Macavision, Pixomundo, and they're still more coming. Like there's like still, I think they opened in Munich, like some new, uh, and it's like, it is possible even for a country that that has a little bit of a of a fight with the visual effects because it is you know it's kind of a engineering cars and stuff yeah but, like but i have to say that germany for instance has a growing market that is crazy because there are many many good companies that started in there and now i mean like pixomondo or something something like that it's like they started like in a place that it wasn't the fashion and now they are ruling the world. I mean, Scanline, for instance. I mean, you read the, the news the other day about Netflix acquiring uh, Scan... Uh, Scanline VFX. Scan, yeah, so it's because I, I'm confusing with the Scanline from, from Nuke. Oh my God, I'm just having too much Nuke <laughs> in my life. So so the theme, Rise, another company. So there are many, many companies that are expanding a, a lot in there. So this is what I mean. They, there is no market, but there is an opportunity to create the market. You know, as Steve Jobs was doing with the Mac, it's like, uh, I remember some, something that he said in an interview about how do you create the, the, the products that the, people, that the people want? And he said, like, I don't create the products that the people want. I tell the people what they want. <laughs> so I, I create the products and then they want my products. So I'm not giving them what they want. I'm telling them what they have to want. So this is, I mean, it's very bold. He was a very bold person, but this is more or less the, the paradigm that is happening right now. It's like for people that is in the side of the world that maybe they are not an industry or people in, in a developing countries, like India, for instance, Indo India is having, through the years, is having a, an industry that is growing. And now with these opportunities that, you know, companies are dislocating from many, many places and that, I really hope that this is going to create the change for them, not just to be uh, like a outsourcing company in there. But to create artists, I know many artists from India that are I, I know from my experience in most of my my people that are watching my videos and uh, replying to me and whatever are from India. It's literally yeah. like it it is kind of a big. But the thing is, of course, now in terms of market and client and stuff, of course, like they don't have the capital a lot of times. So this is what I mean. So maybe with this period of chaos, as you said before. The chaos is a, a very healthy thing because it's, it's an opportunity to create a new, a new balance. So maybe I really hope that these, these artists that are in India, in China, in many other places that usually are not a visual effects industry for those standards of Hollywood, maybe they are going to be rising from the others and maybe create something something never seen before. And I've seen a few breakdowns from Indian uh, visual effects uh, films that are really amazing, really, really amazing. So it's not about art. Artistry doesn't belong to a certain country. It's just the means that belong because of the economy. And that is something that depends on many other factors. But I don't, I don't, I don't like the thing that someone to be born in a certain place has less opportunity. So that's why now in this in this world that we are talking, I mean, you are in another country having an interview with me uh, several thousand kilometers away, and it's all cool. We are 
we feel like we are in the same room. So why not companies can be like that? When I produce Echo, my short film Echo, I was working with people, New Zealand, Argentina, Canada, London, Germany, all around the world. The only thing that was discomfort was doing the reviews live because I was in different time zones. But for the rest, I was feeling like the quality of the, of the, of the work didn't suffer at all. So I believe uh, the art has no passport. This is what I, what I mean. And, and I really hope this period of change is going to bring at least better opportunities to everybody. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, that's one of the things uh, I try to do. I, I, I try to give as, like discounts to people when I know they are in a, in a precarious situation. So I even have a scholarship program I started recently um, that, that I give away like one of my classes each semester um, for free for people. Um, but they have to write me, you know, like they have to write me, they have to, to explain their situation. So I like, okay, I feel like you need it and you cannot afford it. So I, I would I'd be happy to give you that because I mean, it's it's only beneficial to 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 this person and like what's the loss for me? Nothing at the end of the day. So yeah. um, for me, this is this is a part part of that which which I also believe that uh, giving everyone the opportunity is is part of everyone's job who grows in in any industry. You know, after a while, you you outgrow your own skills. Now it's your job to open opportunities for other people you know yeah. basically how we did got, got it you know if, if if the i remember my first uh, internship at this at the studio in hamburg i was working in the it department and i hated it, it was <laughs> one of the two weeks i was over there i hated it it was so boring um sorry rasmus um <laughs> so um but um the the pipeline td came down and asked me hey can you script i was like yes can you do mac script it's like no doesn't matter. Next day, I was sitting next to him, and I was the whole thing evolved to something else. But if he never came to me, if he didn't like had the need, also of course. But if he didn't like give me a little bit the trust and and put the time and effort, which he did, um, I wouldn't have become uh, going to this career. Maybe, probably not. Um, and uh, all these mentors and the same thing with Weta. If I didn't had supervisors who recommended me there, I would never get the job. Hundred percent not. You know, it's it's all about this kind of giving a little bit the torch, which I, o always makes us feel old. I feel like, but um, it's it's part of that. And basically, what we discussed just before was with this opportunity of global, you can create a company in Italy, and it still can have a job in from US and New Zealand and wherever because it doesn't really matter. But to be honest, I think we discussed it in pre-call is. Um, I like to have people around me. That's one of the things, for example, if I ever do like something like an indie game or my small 10 people company thing, I want to have people on site. Uh, this is like something I, I miss. Um, I like that. I mean, I can work, you know, you know, with some people outside and whatever, but generally speaking, day by day, I want people around me. I like that. That's something that I noticed. It makes for me a difference emotionally, but also in some case productively because um, sometimes you, you just cannot pick up the signals that you need um, online, you know, like the emotional signals, the the, the, the the things that you feel like, ah, this is what she actually means, you know, kind of thing, which is a little bit hard. So uh, I absolutely agree. I think the opportunities also with COVID are pushed more into this online thing and everyone 
who has internet basically can uh, be able to do. But I also feel it, it is it should be on a balance because I, I, I cannot imagine everyone sitting at home doing everything basically besides plumber maybe <laughs> that's probably <laughs> that would be hard but you know i don't know maybe you send your drone or something like that and then like that is the, the maximum level of coolness. That's the maximum. That's the, the super drip plumber. But but everyone else, you know, everyone like your director at home, the artist at home, the DPO, whatever at home. I don't know. That sounds a little bit too harsh. But yeah, I love the opportunities. And I mean, it also gave us the opportunities to to share our knowledge and to to give that. So that's why, why I was kind of curious about the, the whole thing. But do you think that it is essential to learn English? To be completely honest, I believe so. I believe this is a, an industry that is global. Um, I'm lucky because I can access to books in English, tutorials in English. Um, also, I can access to things in Spanish and in Italian. There is so little. I mean, I don't even remember if there is any good content in Italian that I cannot find in English. So this is what I mean. It's like when you learn English, you are going to have the opportunity to learn from the whole world. Because I have to say that this industry is also quite generous. There is many people sharing content, even sharing content for free. Um, and that is something that is amazing. But not just tutorials. There are even podcasts like yours or like magazines or websites or there is so much things to learn. The only request is that you have to understand English. So if you don't, you are going to exclude yourself. Right now, we like it or not, English is the common language of the world. So is more or less in everywhere more or less people is going to understand more or less English. There are places that can speak English fluently, even if they are not like the, I mean, the, the, the first tongue. But even in the other places, you can more or less understand something. Well, I believe the first thing of communication is to have the language, a common language. If you don't have a common language, you cannot access to that, that culture. So... For me, I have to say that I was very, very bad students of, uh, of English in the school. And I, I think I learned English the, 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 the hard way, just recording tutorials because I need it, and then writing because I need it, and then writing emails because I need it. So you learn because you need it. Is, it is really difficult to learn something when you don't need it. Yes. So I was working and I needed to understand my supervisors giving me directions or I get fired. So here you are, you learn English very well. You become Shakespeare. If you are poor, you become Shakespeare if you need. So that is what I mean. Uh, is It is mandatory. You like it or not, it is mandatory. Yeah, I mean, you can choose this two ways. Basically, you said the, the pushy way, you know, you need because you get fired or something. But also the, you mentioned something that, that a lot of people was the way that a lot of people learned actually English was by they wanted something. So for example, you wanted to watch the movies already uh, before, you know, before the, they were be translated or something like that. Same for me. I was, I, I loved, um, I loved American culture. You know, I loved American movies. So I started like subtitles and then like normal. And nowadays it's, it's basically normal. Um, so it, there's a, like this two ways. There's not just, but you need a motivation. You cannot just, oh, it is important for me. It was important to, to have the, the, the job. 
I can promise you, and I can I know I noticed that with French for me, I, I had extreme problems to learn it because there was no much incentive to to do it, especially with COVID, especially with uh, the French attitude. They have a little bit of a fuck off uh, attitude. <laughs> um, so especially if you don't speak already uh, great French, you need an inc incentive basically. So what would you say to someone who who just says like I'm afraid to speak English? I I don't know, it's, it's typical things. I hear like in France, a lot of people like literally like I don't speak English because I'm afraid. Or, I don't speak English because uh, I'm not good. Uh, I don't speak English because I mean, I, I, I still hear like an accent from you and you are aware uh, that you, yeah. your English is not perfect, but you yeah. still like, you know, you speak and it doesn't matter. And I absolutely understand you and that's fine. And that's important. Someone told me, a, a friend of mine told me once Because I was in, when I moved to London, I was afraid of my accent. And, and he told me, never lose your accent because that is what gives you character. And actually, I'm very proud of my accent. What is important for me is like, you understand me and I understand you. Yes. Everything else is just, it's like, as you said before, better picture, better sound, better accent, but it's just accessory. But the important thing is I'm teaching you something, you learn from that, okay, I'm just doing my job. And what happens to me also, just to be, to be honest, is like Spanish people always tell me that my English is really, really easy to understand for them. Of course, because of my accent, my inflections, my, my <laughs> ways of speaking, my words. So also the same for Italians. So yeah. There are good things in your accent. Never, never lose your accent. It's, it's, it's actually a good thing. It's just demonstrating that you, you are coming from someone else. So you are, you deserve the place that you own in the in in that place. So, if someone doesn't want to to learn or they feel afraid or so, it's because you don't want it that much. Um, a friend of mine once told me, if you want to learn a language you need a girlfriend from that country. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's something I heard multiple times. <laughs> and, I, and I have to say, like, that was before I met my wife. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but come on, you cannot meet someone and fall in love without understanding each other. And then I met an Italian and we first met speaking a bit of English, broken English between, between us. And then one day I said, this is very bad. I have to learn Italian or we are not going, we are going to broke up or, okay, I'm going to learn Italian. And I remember I was learning Italian in, a, you know, these books of learn Italian in 28 days. I read the book, I was doing the exercise, I was studying like seriously crazy. And one day I call, I call my girlfriend and I think, you know, I have a surprise for you. From now on, we are going to speak in Italian. And I started speaking in Italian. She was so upset with me because, oh, you have been faking all this time. And she didn't speak to me for three days because she thought I was faking. And it's like, no, 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 I learned with a manual. So you are telling me that you learned with a manual in, in, in four weeks. Yeah, yeah, it is true. So the thing is like, when you really need it, oh my, you are going to learn. So if you are just saying, Yeah, I'm going to learn English because it's the right thing to do. No, you are not going to learn. You want to learn English, get a job, get a job. And when you feel like they are paying you a fee every day for doing something you don't understand, oh my, you are going to learn so <laughs> much in there because you are going to feel like someone is pressing you to learn. The same is when having a boyfriend or a girlfriend from, from that country 
Also, the language is not just the language. It's the culture. It's the way they use the words, the, the, the way of cursing, for instance. How, what is ad admissible for, for, for people in one country is not for another. So it's just you are learning a world when you are learning a language, and it's so beautiful. Um, and, and it's something that keeps your brain so healthy, just reading other languages and understanding the way they... Something that I learned in, in Italy is the way they, they express their feelings. They are very graphic when they express, and they, they are telling the story with the hands, also Spanish, but the, the hands, I mean, in Italy, you, you, tell, you, you speak as much with your hands as with your, with your mouth. So for me now that I have been living in, in here for a long time, when I have to speak, it is sometimes challenging to me not to move my hands. Now I'm used, so I just put my arms in here and I try not to do. <laughs> but if not, it's going to be like, they can say like, what are you doing just by doing this? So it's so cool. You, and that is something you don't learn in the dictionary. So this is what I mean. You learn a, another way of expressing yourself, telling feelings. There are, there are even coursing words that doesn't mean anything in Spain. But now when I have to say something and I'm very upset, I have to use a set of words in Italian because they best describe my, you know, my feelings. So it's so nice. But you always need a a push for that, not a willing, because uh, it's re learning a language is something really, I mean, I'm learning right now, I'm learning Russian. Oh my God, no, let's not start like that. Конечно, <laughs> конечно. So, the, so the, the, the thing is like, I'm just learning from, for the Dada sake Borsch. of- <laughs> Just for the sake of learning something new, but, it is so difficult. And the thing is like, I don't have a job in there. So, but I have friends. So when I start and I have been there many times and it's like, it's very frustrating because in, in, in Russia, even in restaurants, it's not frequent to find uh, the menu in English, for instance. So now I know how to read. So when I know how to read more or less, I know if I'm eating vegetables or meat at least. <laughs> so, so this is what I mean. The secret is always meat. It's always meat. That is it's always meat. There is no ve vegetable, ve vegan food or something in Russia. It's like, it's like, no. Нет. 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 Not today. No, no, I love that. No, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it's about motivation. And the most, the biggest mistake I always did, and I think most people do is still, is this, I want that. That's not enough. You know, just because you want to become a visual effects supervisor or t artist, it will not make you like, even if you, if you buy your course, my course, it, it's still like, you know, you consume like YouTube, maybe if you're lucky, maybe you watch till the end. That's not, that's even actually statistically not always the case, even if you paid for things. Um, and then still like nothing like comes into your brain because you have no heart in the whole game, you know? And uh, there is something I, I learned recently. Um, if you pay, you pay attention. And that's also the transition to one of my, my last uh, question I want to ask you because we're doing this um, and we get paid for that. What is your, your position on, on paying for knowledge, paying for masterclasses, paying for, um, for this kind of stuff? Because 
we have YouTube, as you mentioned, things are free, people share for free. Um, should we all do it for free or does it make sense to pay for that? What's what's your point on that? Because I'm pretty sure you also sometimes wonder, is that something that I should like just share or should I should I create a course or a paid course around that? I have two different views for, for that. Is the first thing is like, if it's your job, you should get paid for doing that. Just period. That's simple. If it's your job, someone must pay for that. Must be the client, the one that is paying, the one that is viewing. For instance, um, I published recently a series of videos for, for Netflix, uh, for Foundry, Netflix, and they wanted, to, they wanted me to teach uh, color management. And uh, they started with something that was apparently very easy. And then it got super complicated because the craft of color managing is so, something quite hardcore. And of course, the course has been released for free because it's something that is necessary for everybody. But it was in the best interest of Netflix and Foundry for, for them. So of course, I got paid for that. I didn't release that for because I, because I was working on those uh, three videos two years. Two years of my life working every single day on that. Sometimes more, more hours, sometimes less hours. But I was working for two years. I cannot even account the amount of hours. I can say that I was paid very little, but just enough for getting up, up, up to pay my bills for, for that. So I didn't make that for the money to become rich, as I said before, but I need that to be paid because if, if, if I don't get paid for that, I'm not going to have the time for producing that. Once said that, I can say that sometimes I have been releasing also content for free. And I do also uh, collaboration with Seagraph, for instance, for reviewing things and things for free. Okay, I can manage my time and I, uh, I can give back to the community a bit of my, my, my work. I, I share with uh, Nukipedia tutorials, uh, writing tutorials and things. Why? Because I'm doing that for me. And once I'm doing that for me, I don't mind to share that with others. But if I have to do something specifically for others, okay, um, I need to pay my bills as everybody else. So if I was a, philanthrop a philanthropist and I was super rich, I would say, oh, I'm going to devote my life just to give my, my, <laughs> my knowledge to the world. But sadly, I have bills to pay. So... I respect both sides of this story. There is people in YouTube that is delivering free content and it's really good. There is people in YouTube that is delivering content that is really bad. That, I have a problem with that. Because there is something worse of not having content, which is having content that is creating damages. Because you are teaching things the wrong way or you are misinforming people. Okay, for that... I have no mercy. Those tutorials should be removed because it's better not to have them than have them, even if this for free. Because they create all, like, as we mentioned, bad habits. I mean, that's one of the things I always exactly. have to fight fight uh, when, when people start to uh, learn scripting. First thing, oh yeah, I learned something. So I try to mesh it into what you're teaching me. And second one, I have a print, uh, like a preconcept of how this should work. 
and who I am. And so like that, they instantly go with this, like, okay, I can do specific things and I can't do specific things. So I will like cheat my way or ignore things or whatever, because that's uh, what I was told how it is should be you know and it's very very dam damaging and sometimes i sometimes need to, to put a handbrake especially for people who who come from other languages and say okay it's great that you know mel it's great that you know c plus plus and it, it will definitely absolutely help you in whatever you do but the worst thing you can do is you come with your c plus plus knowledge you throw it on python and, and then basically uh kind of uh, like break python in a way that it kind of looks like c++ and it doesn't it just works but it works horribly it, it is like horrible code it's super complicated maybe it takes 10 times longer because you do all the extra loops there that you don't need in python because you didn't learn it how it should be you learn it from oh yeah i i i use the the thing and that's one of the the first thing i can yeah. i can see also is like the damaging tutorials out there that 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 people and that's the thing People watch other tutorials and then create a tutorial. Yeah, that's the worst thing. It's like it's like half understanding of someone else's uh, deeper understanding and then uh, delivering half of that. Yeah, so that's why I recommend always to check the the sources. Who is teaching that tutorial? For instance, I can say that uh, that there are good friends of mine, for instance, Hugo Guerra. Hugo Guerra delivers content for free that is amazing, it's gold. It's gold for free. Uh, Josh Parks, for instance, they, they deliver good content, um, but their voices are at the same volume as many other people that has no experience at all, and they just read something and it's like, okay, I'm going, this is how I work and I'm going to do, and now this is my opinion. No, 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 this is not about opinions. You are you are teaching someone to do something. So if you are creating a tutorial, it's because you are uh, you you want someone else to learn from you. So you have a moral responsibility with that people that you don't even know because you are not delivered that to them directly. You are leaving that there, hoping that someone is just going to pick it up. So no way. Uh, I that's why I I am very careful with the resources for free. I'm I don't waste my time with the resources for free because to be honest with you even with my status i cannot say that i'm poor so uh i have enough money every every month to spend and i still do it on uh, learning so i still learning and studying so i get courses uh, and there are many websites in there i don't want to to put names uh, right now because it, it wouldn't be fair but there are very very good resources out there uh for learning so wherever you go just check who is teaching, not the prestigious academy of, I don't care about the institution. I care about the individual that is delivering that, that part. Because even in the same institution, you can have a very good teacher and a very bad teacher. So it's all up to the, the prestige of that teacher. And the prestige of the teacher is just coming on, who is from that teacher? Who is the, the, the students, those students, what are they doing now? Because for me, my prestige as a, as a, as a, as a teacher, my, my point of being proud is because mostly all my students get a job. It's that simple. I, and I don't want to advertise myself. You want results. Yeah. You, you just you don't just want for fraud. You want results. Just, uh, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you teach them. If they have nothing from that, you know, if like, oh, I, know, learn, I, I now learned Python, I now learned Nuke. 
but I don't do anything with it. It's yeah. like uh, so it's useless. So my knowledge is for professionals. That's why I, I'm teaching master classes for professionals, even for people that has no experience. But I want to take them to the point of you are going by the end of the course, you are going to get ready to work. And yeah. that's it, ready to work. And and my point is, if you are spending the money, you need to get results. You are entitled to tell me, hey, I want results of you because I trust I entrust you with my money, my my dreams, my expectations. You have a responsibility with me. So that's why this kind of course can be done only live because I am delivering and I'm putting my face. That is something that I always want. That's why I always start my courses with these sentences. Hello, I'm Victor Perez and um, yeah, and you are not. So I am I, and that's it. But I have to say my name in every video because it's my face. So I'm not just saying, I'm not a voice in there, just a narrator. No, 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 it's me and I'm delivering that to you. So if you don't like it or whatever, tell me and we can work together or, or, or whatever. But I'm not a faceless institution. I'm, I'm a person. I'm an artist. No, I really, really like it. It was actually a little bit um, the question that I had. Um, how important do you think is this, especially like online learning is now the thing, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. So how important do you feel like is communication and feedback um, between the the lecturer and the student, um, for you, how how important do you think? Because there's the, the 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 two options or the three options, like just the video course with whatever PDFs and whatever the the mix between video course and live and whatever, or maybe completely live, completely improvised or half improvised, whatever. So, what do you feel like? How important do you feel is is this communication aspect in a, a successful course? I can say that from my experience, depending on where you are in your career, the feedback is going to be more or less important. If you're in the very beginning, it's not about feedback. It's you need someone to, to, be a, to be completely in communication. It needs to be two ways. What I have found is like people that is starting to learn, for instance, the craft of compositing, from tutorials, they take years and in a very hard way and in a very difficult experience while having a course is way easier because sometimes it's just a very silly question that is going to unlock everything. So having someone to ask a mentor in the very beginning is essential. Then if you are in, in 10 or 15 years in your career and you know many things and you just need to implement your technique with something that you don't know, for instance, I don't know, it was a, a, a trend a, a few years ago, deep image compositing that was kind of new a few years ago. <laughs> so people that wasn't used to that, you just need, I mean, if you have been a compositor for 10 years and you don't know deep image compositing, you get a tutorial and in two hours, you know everything you need to know about deep image compositing. But if you are learning compositing, you have no idea about compositing and then you find that same tutorial, he's like, oh my God, what I'm going to do with that? Why do you need? So are they pixel? What are the, so you have many basic questions that without the answer to that, you cannot unlock the knowledge that you need to continue. So you stop and you get frustrated. So depends. But I will say having feedback is something that is very healthy because even for the people with, with a lot of experience, and I consider myself someone with enough experience, sometimes I'm watching tutorials about technicalities and I get lost and it's pff, 
it's just very boring just to get rewind everything and watch it again just because you miss something. Maybe you were distracted, you were thinking on something previous. In a live session, you can say, what do you mean with that? No, I mean this. Ah, okay, sorry. And it's two seconds to fix that. So having someone in front of you is just going to speed up the process. So you are going to have to feel support, to feel mentor, to feel guide, and other things that you cannot do in a tutorial that is really important is to stimulate people to keep going. Many, many people, especially artists, are very insecure. So when you are learning, you feel lost because you naturally feel lost. And maybe you know many things, but you still feel lost because you are in the darkness and you are like, but am I ready to work? And you have, I mean, you know, because you have been doing this, but it's so amazing when someone show, shows you what they work and you say, oh, this is amazing. Actually, you did it very well. And they are like, their <laughs> eyes just open and they, they have a big smile because they feel like, oh, so I am actually, I was feeling lost, but actually feeling lost is part of the process. So having, a, having someone on the other side is, is always important in a more or less implicated way but it's, it's a good question. I have been also, in the last few months, I have been uh, delivering one-on-one -on -one for professionals, uh, people that wanted to refine skills of, for instance, photorealism or, or, or something like that. Um, they were saying, you know, I do this, I feel it's right, but when I look on the screen, it feels fake. What is what is feeling fake? And you are just talking to them as a colleague. And he's like, well, I have a bit of experience with this. I can say that maybe this, why don't you try this or that? Let's see if that improves. And it's something that maybe they didn't thought about. And he's like, oh, actually, yeah, I never realized that. So just a tiny, tiny input. I have been teaching people maybe 20 hours and you give them those five minutes that change their lives. Those five minutes. And you, the other 19 hours and 55 minutes are not important. But those five minutes is those that you are actually doing, boom, the step up. But you need to enter in, into, that, into that space, to create that space, to open, to meet each other. That is something that, as you said before, that happens very easily in the same room. But when you are not in the same room, that is the... That is the mastery of, of the teacher, just to make you feel comfortable. In, like you are in the same room, so you are talking, and at the end of the day, I really have the feeling of many people that have been meeting during the pandemic that I never met in real life, but I feel them like my friends for some reason. And I don't remember them in the monitor. I remember them here with me. So this is this is what I mean. So that is something that is happening. It's a new normality. I guess it's like, you know, the Lumieres when they they screened the first train that was coming in the station in the in the cinema and people was running scared because they were not used or the telephone or the it's something new that we need to get used to that into our uh, DNA, our style of life. And maybe one day we are not going to miss it that much. I don't know. We will see. That's actually a lovely answer because I believe absolutely and uh, credits to CGMA here. Um, I learned a lot about how to deliver a good um, masterclass, basically. 
And um, so me, for me, it helped because part of their structure is a Q&A and feedback videos after the assignment delivery, basically, which I, I continue doing because I noticed um, you can buy as many courses or watch as many YouTube videos as you want. And if it's high quality and if it's very a specific question that you want an answer for, you know, great. You don't need probably don't need someone hand holding. Maybe someone for a question. That's 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 can happen. That's basically the the more the speed later. But in the beginning or in the, in the early phase, I think it's it's basically impossible not to have someone to ask questions to give you feedback. You know, just like looking at because a lot of times as a beginner, you're like, I just cannot get it right. I know what I want. But for some reasons, the alpha channel is kind of visible or whatever. You get kind of, but like someone like you or someone like me comes over and it's like, yeah, uh, change the the opacity or whatever. Um, yeah. Bam! And it's like, click, and I can move on. And the other thing, of course, you create bad habits. You know, you're like, oh, like that typical thing in Nuke is, for example, uh, ugly scenes where the notes are all over the place is a typical thing that happens <laughs> if you if you are not coming from a like thing. So, for example, uh, style and formatting is actually one of my core principles in the beginning of scripting. Because if you script, blah, 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 um, you will have problems later because you will not read, you cannot read your stuff. It's the same thing with, with, with Nuke. If you just do it and then open it again or other people open it, you don't understand where it's going because there is no clear structure. And um, so I think I think basically the, the only way to start a skill after the, the basic introductions and you get the basic understanding of how it works, you know, you watch some Nuke tutorials, for example, I think it's the only way is to do a masterclass or something like that with feedback, with communication, with Q&As, with people that look at your work and give you specifically for your work feedback. I think everything else is, is a waste of time because at the end of the day, you can learn the things with feedback and Q&As in a year. Or you can learn it completely by yourself in three years and then need to kind of roll back maybe and roll forward all the time because you get feedback that like, oh, no, no, that's not how we do that. Oh, no, no, that's, not, you know, it's kind of like this thing. So you can learn everything by yourself, especially with the information. But I think um, what you can do with feedback is A, make it good, like learn it really good from like, like basically you said, you know, if you didn't have Steve Wright, you probably maybe never been as fast, as successful, as fast also. Maybe it would take longer and stuff like that. But he established like rules of this is excellency. You know, don't, don't make a trashy scene. Don't make it this way. Don't make it that, 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 that. And I think that is important. And I think that's where we have to get the shift away from. Yes, it's for free. Yes, it's online. It's easy access. But it doesn't mean it will help you. It can damage you, as you mentioned. And it doesn't mean it will be fun because, again, a lot of times, I, I, for example, I want to learn Houdini. I like the idea of FX, but I cannot get into Houdini. It's just so torturous. It's the same thing as I remember when I started with Maya. It's the same thing. It's so nothing works. Like it's kind of like as a, as a beginner for you, nothing works. Like, and then it end up and then ended up being one number somewhere you forgot and uh, and everything makes sense. Yeah. That's the thing. I would like to 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 close up everything with um, two questions. Um, the first one would be: um, Would you do anything different 
in your career? If you would look back and think of all the, the paths that you went, would you say like, okay, if I wouldn't have done, I could my, my life could be a little bit faster on that that lane and I could be a little bit that. Um, and I don't speak a regret specifically. I'm ta no, talking no. more of like uh, learning experience for people that, that uh, could like look back at your career and say like, oh yeah, maybe I should do it this way. You know, I, I believe everything I did was the best decision I made in that moment. So I don't regret anything, as you said, but I can't say that I, even if I, <laughs> I don't look like someone shy, but I am actually very shy. I am very difficult. Well, not now, because I, with time I have been learning more about being more open. But I remember when I was working at Dinek, for instance, I was very shy and I was very quiet. And I was in a room with people for weeks and I never interact with other people. And that happens also very frequently with other people as well. So if you are in a, in a room full of shy people, that becomes a torture because you don't interact. It's, it's the same experience of being working at home. So what I will say to myself a few years ago is just don't be afraid of just talking to someone and say, hey, do you want a coffee? Maybe you will be surprised that someone can tell you, no, I don't drink coffee. Or someone can tell you, I don't drink coffee, but let's have a chocolate or let's have a chamomile or whatever. Or what's your name? Or because that can actually make you interact with other people, learn from other people, make friends, because it's a, it's a very different thing, making connections and making friends. At the end of the day, life is more about friends than connections. So that is the only thing that I will have changed, is just to talk more before, because I, I'm sure I lost the opportunity to meet great people um, because I was shy. Now, uh, I'm not that shy. Also because my job as a supervisor, cannot, I cannot be shy because I, I, it's my job just to interact with people. But that is something that, I, that I'm missing when I'm going to the companies because when I'm visiting the companies that are working for my projects, I see people in the rooms so quiet. So, and I remember I started this conversation that we have. I started talking about union. And in union, we were all the time joking, talking, and working together. It was a joy because we were producing like crazy. But at the end of the day, it was even hard to go home because we were with the friends. So it's like, it's like the end of play game. Okay, let's go home. And it's like that. If you are enjoying what you are doing, it's a very different story. So that is the only thing I will have changed. Yeah, that's 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 great. I mean, and it's also I think um, with some it comes a little bit easier, with some it comes harder. Um, by the way, uh, guys, uh, this is acting here. Uh, the shy person is just like going full blown yeah. Italian here on us. Yeah, yeah, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> acting. Like, um, <laughs> no, that's amazing. I, I think it already bashes into my my my, my final question, uh, but maybe we can give give it a little different spin. Um, what would you say is your secret to progress, to overcoming your your inner like habits and uh, moving forward, basically, and um, yeah, basically, kind of getting out of your comfort zone too move forward to get success, to your goals, basically. What you would say is is that drives you 
move uh, shift lanes and um, even maybe change careers if necessary is i try and that is something that i learned the hard way is i try not to waste my time the minute i feel i'm wasting my time i have to change i have to change something i have to change starting with myself i have to change from myself if i feel i'm wasting my time i have to understand why i'm feeling that It's just a feeling on I'm actually wasting my time. But that is coming together with the most important point, which is I recognize myself as someone that is fearless. I was very afraid when I was a child, and I lost so much because of that. Um, since I had the experience, this close death experience with the earthquake, that I just, I mean, it's a miracle that I am here alive today. Because I get out of my place and in less than five seconds, the, the house implodes and everything was. So after that experience, I lost my fear. So now I'm, I simply don't care of the consequences. And every time that I'm, because of course I get afraid sometimes because things happen, but I always try to ask myself this question. What would you do? if you were not afraid to do it. And then it's like, okay, let's remove the worst case scenario. Let's remove whatever. What will happen if I do that? And then you start analyzing the worst case scenario. I don't care about that. Because the worst, the actual real worst case scenario is don't do it because you are afraid. That is the worst case scenario always. So after that, it's like, Okay, let's do it. <laughs> and that is that moment of jumping into the into the unknown. But that is, I mean, that is the only way you have to, to grow, to jump into the unknown. Because if you stay in the place that you know, with the friends that you know, with everything, you are going to have that. Uh, I mean, if you do, that is something that I think it was Tony Robbins or, but something that I, I always think is if you do, What you always do, you will get what you always get. That is something that terrifies me. No, I want something more. I always want something more. Sometimes you get more, sometimes you get less, but the experience is always there. And that is something that at the end of the day is, is the reason why I'm an artist. I, because I want to know that part of myself. And fear is part of my of, of the deepest self of everybody in, in here. So just don't listen too much. Of course, it's good to li listen to, to the fears, but don't listen too much to those fears that are pulling you back. It's just, just leave me alone. Uh, if I die, I'm going to die doing whatever I want to do. As Frank Sinatra said, I'm going to do it my way. I had I had so crazy um, Far Cry free flashbacks just now, um, and it, I just just remind because it would it would be perfect with your Spanish accent because in Far Cry free um, Vaz uh, who is a Spanish uh, says. But the definition of insanity is insanity is doing the exact same fucking thing over and over again. Expecting shit to change. That is crazy. The first time somebody told me that, I don't know, I thought they were bullshitting me, so boom, I shot him. The thing is, <laughs> okay, he was right. 
And then I started seeing it everywhere I looked, everywhere I looked, all these fucking pricks. Everywhere I looked, doing the exact same fucking thing. Over and over and over and over and over again. Thinking this time it's gonna be different. It absolutely is the thing. And it's it's funny because um one of the things that I want to establish also in, in, in this episodes, that's why I talk about this a little bit broader topics and not maybe pinpoint on specific sometimes is that every successful person out there thinks the same in 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 the core elements like that you know like for example no regret is a typical thing yes you made mistakes uh, but at the end of the day you did what you what you could at the moment that you had done it you know now yes core of course yeah easy but before that that that's a big thing but the other thing is also kind of like always um moving forward and and uh, like if you want change you it there will be pain there's no thing and uh, literally what you said was um something that alan mckay said was uh, what's the worst case scenario and played in your head and then how realistic is that and it's probably not realistic you know like get killed if you just move to somewhere or become homeless so yes if it if it is a realistic thing make everything happen that it will not happen you know bring money with you or have a place to stay for the few weeks or something like that you know um and it's interesting because um all successful people i think have in in core the same kind of philosophy at hand you know the same things that that um they, they build their motivation on basically and that means a lot of times about fighting with yourself but still moving on at the end of the day you know everyone has still fear but still moves on and uh, i really really love that and um thank you very much for for the for this amazing discussion it was uh, it was awesome to have you here my pleasure it was it was a pleasure um thank you for for having me that's it with this week's episode of the 21 Artist Show. Thank you so much for watching and listening. This podcast is 100% ad-free. And to keep it that way, check out my website, 21artistshow.com. There you can find exclusive access to awesome masterclasses and coaching opportunities to work successfully in visual effects, animation, and games. Just go to 21artistshow.com. And don't forget to share it with people who would benefit from that content and tell them they're awesome. See you on the next episode. Next on the 21 Artist Show. Part of it is is just, you know, coming in and feeling the vibe of the, the studio itself, right? You, you step into the, the studio, you kind of look around and you get this like really cool energy and you're like, yeah, I can see myself working here. Versus on, on Zoom, you just, you don't get that, right? It, it's, it's, well, at least it's very hard. <laughs>